everyone, this is Amber Love from AmberUnmasked.com, and you're listening to the Vodka Clock Podcast. The website and show are intended for mature audiences, so if you are under 18, it's best if you find an alternative. As for this particular episode, it probably is the sort of discussion that's good for younger audiences in their teens to hear it, but I don't want parents threatening me. This weekend, I attended a couple days of the Steampunk World's Fair, the largest steampunk event in the world, and it's held in Somerset, New Jersey. It's hosted by Jeff Mack Events. Jeff has been a guest on the show before, so you may remember talking about it. Their audio is handled by the good people at Circuit 6. I mention that because what you are about to hear is a recording of one of the panels held at the show. This was about gender bias in steampunk, and the panelists were Jeff Mack, the organizer of the Steampunk World's Fair, Bunny Bennett from the popular musical act Steam Powered Giraffe, a cosplayer named Sanji, Luna the Wandering Cellist, and Erica the incredible musician-songwriter known as Unwoman. Bunny and Luna are male-to-female transgender people and recently came out publicly to their family, friends, and their fans. There were some new privacy and harassment policies put in place this year, so prior to the start I did get permission from all the panelists to record this and share it. As for the Q&A at the end, none of the people used more than a first name, so I feel their identities are not made public in any way that would be unwelcome to them. This discussion was about identity and not sexuality, though there were a couple of remarks about orientation. But just to be clear, this is about gender and not about who you sleep with. One more thing before you hear the great panel. This was my first time using a Tascam portable recorder, which was gifted by a generous listener. So thank you so very much for that opportunity to to take this show on the road, if you will. I didn't get too involved with mixes and settings, so I do hope the background noise isn't too bad and that the questions spoken by people who weren't using microphones was picked up. The music that you'll hear in this special episode of Vodka Clock is from one of the bands that performed at Steampunk World's Fair. They are Eli August and the Abandoned Buildings. You can find their information at EliAugust.com. And I will do my best to get my written recap of the event posted. I hope to also have a little bit more audio content as well that will feature other music and an excerpt from one of the story readings. This gender discussion felt like the most important thing that I covered, so I wanted to make sure I got it posted right away. So without further ado, the gender bias in Steampunk panel from Steampunk World's Fair 2014. All right, well, hello everyone, thanks for coming. I'm Luna, also known as the Wandering Cellist. Um, We're all gonna go from left to right, introduce ourselves, uh, talk for a few minutes about um, sort of our story and, and our different experience 
of gender in steampunk, and then after that, we'll open it up to sort of general Q&A. So we're going to start with the lovely Unwoman. Well, thank you, Luna. Um, I am Erica Mulkey. I perform as Unwoman. I got the name from Margaret Atwood's The Handmaid's Tale. I'm happy to talk more about that later on if we get a chance. Uh, and I, that's basically all I have to say right now. <laughs> Um, so, as I mentioned, I'm Luna, the Wandering Chalice. Um, I've been performing at World's Fair for the last couple of years and a lot of other steampunk stuff. Um, I also recently started to transition um, from male to female, and steampunk, in a lot of ways, has sort of um, served as my entry point for that, which I, I guess we can jump into later, but next is Sun. Oh god. <laughs> Hi, I'm Sanji. I, I do some of the airbrush tattooing. Not at this particular one because it was way too humid yesterday. My machine would have exploded. But uh, I am transgender. I'm agender, which means I don't identify with either male or female, which kind of gets confusing when I'm looking at the bathroom signs and I don't want to gender myself. Uh, <laughs> I'm also asexual, so I don't experience sexual attraction to anyone. But I still experience romantic attraction, which is kind of weird. Like, I, I really love you. I kind of don't want you in bed, but I really want to just, like, cuddle you. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Um, <laughs> Uh, but I do, I, I'm just as Raven right now, I do a lot of cross-dressing, uh, mainly because every single day is cross-dressing, because I, I look at my closet and I'm like, okay, there's girl stuff, there's boy stuff, neither really makes sense to me, but I do like cosplaying, so here I've kind of found this little community where I can kind of, not really be myself, but be myself, you know, put up, put up this image and have people accept me for who I am. Uh, funny. My name is Bunny Bennett, and I play Rabbit in Steam Powered Giraffe. I'm a robot, but in real life, I'm transgendered. I came out a couple years ago. I have not started hormones yet, so yeah. Oh, and I, like, I actually like sex, so... <laughs> as much of that 
in the fan community as one would like. Um, I'd like to see, we'd like to see a more open, accepting fan community, but there isn't a lot of education out there, and more events are starting to provide some of that education, and gosh, I hope we can be some small part of it. That, that was all I was going to say, guys. <laughs> oh, oh, stop looking at each other. I, I have a question for Bunny. Um, has your experience, have, have you, do you think that your experience coming out as trans has opened Sims 2 Punk's eyes to gender issues more? It's, it's tough uh, being in the limelight a lot. I try to stay connected with the fans, but sometimes it's hard to get a reading. Like, uh, what what has been the reaction, or you know, is it beneficial to a larger community? I'm not really sure because it just happened uh, maybe what six months ago. Uh, well, I guess I, I came out before then, but the character change and that was a big deal for our own act because it's like, well, we're kind of a family friendly act, and we're basically we're taking a stance now. We're like saying. This is okay to do. It's like this isn't a drag show. You don't. Have, you can take your kids to this, uh, and this it should be okay that this character is a is a transgender character, basically. So uh, our fans have been very supportive, and I I think I start seeing uh, starting to trickle out and branch out, and uh, maybe the steampunk community, maybe other fandoms out there are, are catching wind of it. But it's way too early for me to really speculate. I, I guess I want to add a little bit because I, I really I just started hormones um, about a week ago and so this is <laughs> I have to say it's been really fucking cool like <laughs> between just being literally at this event and everyone being really wonderful um, about coming out as trans but just also having having steampunk has kind of been like a, a safe place to explore a bit of of um, you know, kind of going past gender boundaries, and you see people on like any different side of the spectrum, kind of doing that, and it's great to have a friendly like, here's your safe place to start, and you can build a, a healthy community, and kind of you know launch from this, and so yay steampunk, yay world star. The conventions in particular are great for like because uh, there are so many rules on harassment, and uh, Jeff has put together a great policy on all that stuff. But <laughs> a controversial policy which is still being adjusted. Yeah, we're, we're still fixing that. But um, it was really important to me coming into the scene. Uh, last year's Steampunk World's Fair was my first ever convention, and I actually... Um, <laughs> I came with my abusive boyfriend at the time, and I, I didn't know that this was such an open and accepting place where I could just be myself, and actually coming here and seeing all of this, and meeting funny, um, <laughs> and, and just going through all of these emotions really uh, pushed me to change what was in my life, and I, I ditched the guy, I came out as trans, I, I started my new life in this community, and just everyone has been so great. I can't thank you guys enough. What I find in the various conventions that I go to, which span from steampunk to maybe general sci-fi, more media conventions or anime, is that it's uh, it, even with the differences, the acceptance it seems to be there. Like the the goo that we can, if you just kind of electrocute it and get it going, the support is totally there. And I feel so safe, you know, dressing like this or you know whatever I want. Just because I know I'm in good company. These are nothing but geeks and nerds. And they, they, don't, they don't care. Just, you know, don't buy the last Luke Skywalker mint in box. <laughs> <laughs> really great. It's very inspiring. And hopefully, hopefully you know, your, your efforts uh, uh, help. Knock on wood, or whatever this is made out of. I think it's wood. Right there. And honestly, my own experience at some, at places like Steampunk World's Fair have just been really, really positive. Like People hold doors for me, people um, offer me food and drink, people are nice to me, people treat me like I own the event. <laughs> and it's just been so empowering. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm actually not trying to uh, denigrate or derail, I'm just really, um, I'm really happy that people are having those experiences and would love people's thoughts 
via email or Facebook after this event on how we can try to make this an even better place and how we can try to improve on what we're already doing. That would be really awesome. Okay. <laughs> All right, so Doc, I don't know if you happen, Doc Andy, I, uh, I don't know if you happen to have a floating mic back there, um, but I was thinking maybe we could open it up to audience questions. We didn't have one set up, but it worked pretty well without it for the last panel. Should we, uh, should we see what we can come up with, or do you want me to actually uh, have somebody passing one around? Uh, let, let's give it a try without. You, 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 you have, and I will bring you what you need. Okay. So if anyone in the audience has questions for any of us individually, or just maybe general questions about gender transness, we've, we've got a question. Okay. Um, First of all, Bunny, I want I can't speak for the rest of the fandom, but I can say that you definitely did help me when you came out. Because I'm trans too. This is really hard. So I'm gonna cry again. <laughs> Thank you. I really did it service, but uh, and I, I say it with with much love that I did this for me and and uh, I'm always just amazed that there was any sort of reaction because it's such a selfish thing to do, and that it can serve even another purpose. It's just, it's great. <laughs> well, you make it okay for people to be themselves and to express themselves in that way. It's, it's not selfish as much as it is expressing yourself in the way that you need to and yeah. letting other people know that it's okay for them to do that. It's a, it's a, I don't think it's selfish. I think it's a right. To, to gender yourself how you want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I actually have a question for you and for Luna. Um, when you came out, how did you start to like correct strangers with your pronouns? Because like my friends are really great with it, but I can't I can't find all the time because it hurts my back if I do it for too long. So people just kind of assume I'm female, and I don't like really have the guts to correct them. Uh, for me, uh, I'm so humble about it, I just kind of smile, and I don't really correct people. And they usually catch themselves, like, ah, I mean, you're a woman, and it's like, it's okay. <laughs> Your effort is appreciated. I'm sure in a couple of years I'll be like, get it right. Get it right. <laughs> right. right now, I'm like, whatever, it's okay. <laughs> so, um, I'm, I'm probably a little bit in the same camp, and I have to add actually that one of the things that sort of held me back from transitioning um, and believing that that was even something that was okay to do and, and like to consider as an option for myself was the kind of pressure about pronouns. Um, so I, I had a trans friend in high school and some other trans friends throughout the years, and you know, some people make the adjustment really quickly with, with pronouns and stuff like that, and some people kind of take a while, and some people get grumpy about it, and, and thankfully those people seem to be getting less and less, and people seem to be more respectful about it. Um, but it, I'm sort of just really easygoing about it, like, it's still an adjustment for me every day. I'm recreating my identity, so I understand that change doesn't happen instantaneously with other people. Um, and also, I, I sort of I have an advantage that I haven't seen expressed in a trans narrative a lot, which is that I've identified as genderqueer for a while. Um, so it kind of, like, it's a little annoying maybe to get classified as male, but it's not the end of the world. It's just, I don't know, I'm, I'm sort of pretty easygoing about it is mostly how I deal with it. I just kind of smile and, and people catch on and, you know, if you're friendly, people are friendly to you largely, and if they're not, well, screw them. <laughs> I go by the pronouns them, they, and their, so I, <laughs> there's no, like you're meeting me and you're like, oh, they're female, or oh, they're male, like nobody, it's not mainstream that you're just going to call someone by a gender neutral pronoun, which, personal opinion, I think it should be, because um, you don't know what people's personal experiences are, but um, with my friends, when I meet someone, they either use one pronoun or the other, and, and until I tell them otherwise, they don't know. So that it didn't hold me back. It just it just kind of frustrates me. Um, it frustrates me that I feel uh, offended by their pronoun use when I, I know they don't know any better and they can't always remember it. Like pronouns kind of 
it puts me in a weird mental headspace where I don't gender myself, so when other people are doing it to me, I, I feel dysphoria. I feel I I don't I not only feel the body dysphoria, but I feel dysphoria coming in from every direction because there this is such a gendered society. Like out there especially, but even in here, like I get people passing me in the hallway, oh madam, oh sir, something, something. Where they're trying to use like oldy terms and they're trying to be cute about it and it, it even with that, I kind of have to be like, yeah, they're they're playing the part and they're trying to be respectful and stuff, but it's not really working. <laughs> and I, don't, I don't want them to feel bad about it because I'm trying. I don't know. It's hard. Um, I want to throw in as a as a quick addition to that. One of the things that anyone can do, whether whether you're trans or gender queer or whether um, you're also an ally, is just to ask people when you meet them, like, what are your preferred pronouns? It doesn't matter. You, it could be someone you've known for a while who like you think you have a pretty clear idea of what their gender is, but when There's you ask that, it, it just opens it up to be acceptable and, and you know, it kind of makes people comfy, it makes people think. I was talking with someone about this other day, they were like, well, my Aunt Trudy would be so offended if I asked her what her pronouns were. But if we normalize that, if we just make it so that, you know, you don't make an assumption on gender based on what, what you look at and what you assume someone wants to be called, then it's no longer offensive to ask what your preferred pronouns are. And this can be a challenge sometimes in the steampunk world because the parts of steampunk we do base on the 19th century are so terribly gendered. Um, gender concepts, ways of referring to people by gender, um, differences in gender roles. Um, is anyone familiar with the role of the shower? Um, that, that originally women were instructed not to take showers because it could pound their delicate spines and make them damaged for life and possibly unable to bear children. I learned this at the Mark Twain house. And this is apparently a thing, you can look it up. Um, you know, doctors uh, who were, of course, not allowed to be women, um, also couldn't examine those private parts of women, so if you had a woman's complaint, you um, were kind of screwed. Um, and it's interesting now in the world where we are picking and choosing what we might want to take from Victoriana, how there's a lot we could pull in, a lot we can't. I often get asked for things like, could we do a ladies and gentlemen dance? And I'm like, so many people would like that. And I'm like, and then so many people would also feel, wow, I don't feel like I have a place at this event, but I feel silly saying so. There are so many people having a good time. It's something that we run into a whole lot. Um, there's, we had a question about running a ladies self-defense class. And as a third wave feminist, um, I have people who would usually punch me if I tried calling them ladies. But it's steampunk, we use it a lot. And I would sometimes be like, milady. And it's, I don't have any answers to it. Um, but it's something that's really visible. I'm kind of just hoping that if we bring this out into the open, people who are smarter than I am will think of some answers, and then I can just put them on our website and sound good. <laughs> There exists on Tumblr a list of gender-neutral terms for everything. I went looking for gender-neutral terms for gods versus goddesses, and the term is godex. But there are things like my sovereign, my liege, and, and stuff like that, so you can you know, denote nobility and whatever without gendering someone. So it's possible. <laughs> I don't think anyone's going to object to you calling them my liege. Jeff, I want to add one of the things I've seen uh, that they do in Brooklyn, because I do a bit of contra dancing, which, by the way, if you've never tried it, it's the funnest thing in the world. You're, you're dancing to uh, folk music, and it's awesome. But they have gender-free contra dancing, and maybe there's a way to incorporate that into the the ladies and gents idea of the dance, and just have kind of an A roll and a B roll or something. That's really neat. I'm gonna steal. I'm gonna have to write that down. <laughs> <laughs> um, do we have any more questions in the audience? Okay. Um, there is a mic now. There is. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm shy. It's okay, I'm shy too. <laughs> so I'm coming from a perspective where I'm mostly familiar with Bunny's fantastic adventures. Um, I haven't, I've met, I saw you last year, but I just wonder if you ever feel like shoehorned into a particular role because a lot of controversy that's going, going on in our fandom lately involves Bunny being the trans girl inspiration and nobody cares about anything else she does. 
So I'm like wondering if I, it, it goes both ways. Like you want to be respected for your gender, but you don't want that to become your entire identity, I feel, in a lot of cases. So I'm wondering if you ever feel shoehorned into that. Does that make any sense? Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, that would agree. I mean, uh, especially, uh, oftentimes the drama outshines any creative work that I've ever done. And I established myself as an artist with a weird name before I was trans. I mean, I guess for a, lo a long time I was the cross-dressing mime. Isn't that weird? <laughs> Not that I would cross-dress as a mime, but just that I had all these weird <laughs> things that I did. I, it's, it's, uh, I'm trying to thought would be real. Anyway, yeah, it's really tough. And uh, I often feel that I'm already starting to get the, that I am just, just that. And maybe that's just a paranoid fear, but. Uh, I do feel I have to try harder. The critique and stuff on my performance and costume seems to be getting, uh, uh, yeah, pretty bad now. I mean, it might just be because we're, we're also steadily growing. That's why. But, <laughs> you know, uh, I do feel like I'm trying so hard right now just to to be better than I was as a man, if that makes sense. Like, the act and the singing and, I don't know. So I do feel like there's some sort of obligation to, to outshine myself and really try hard to do not just be uh, a trans person, but just, you know, still be an artist. It's just like you're, not, you're not like a girl, you're a trans girl, and that's like major bad. Like, why can't you just be a girl? Well, <laughs> no, I, no, the thing is funny. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is funny is a girl, though. I don't have uh, oh. shame in using the terms trans for the rest of my life. That's what it has to be. It's the path I chose to walk. I know the reality, and that in my lifetime, it's probably not going to get much better. Maybe it will, but I'm probably always going to be trans. I'm probably it's not my idea to to blend in with the crowd because I wish I could, but I can't. I'm really tall. I sound like Orson Welles. I just want to be in a place where that's okay. That it's like, oh, that's cool. Oh, she's working it. Oh, she's kind of a dude, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> From my perspective. Ooh, I have a thing. Uh, this is actually this is actually one of the really major reasons I wanted to. Um, I wanted to talk because I, I have this personal theory about steampunk which some of you may or may not know which is that steampunk is something that we are building. If you look at something like the punk rock movement you could trace it to a couple of bands and a couple of promoters. You could trace it to a couple of influences. If you wanted to look at say not that they're exactly comparable aspects of the hippie movement you could trace it to some very specific places um, if you wanted to look at steampunk and say, where does steampunk actually come from? It doesn't come from any single source. There's no single authority. The person who coined the term steampunk, K.W. Jeter, is not someone with whom lots of people are really, really familiar with his work. I mean, I suppose you could say some people are, are fairly familiar with Abney Park, but that's more like Abney Park is a well-known steampunk band. They don't define steampunk. Um, Steam Power Drafts not particularly define steampunk because they are so incredibly difficult to emulate. I mean, I could get up and I could cover an Abney Park song and it would sound okay. And if I tried to get up and cover a Steam Power Draft song, <laughs> I would not only not... You know, <laughs> 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 I would not only not sound that good, but, um, you know, I, I just wouldn't, um, like, I, I, yeah, I cannot do it. Um, we're the ones who are building and inventing steampunk, all of us, and that's something that very few subcultures have ever had a chance to do. So we, the people in this room, get to say what steampunk is going to be. So we actually get to say, hey, in three years from now, there are going to be things like gender-free bathrooms, or three years from now, everyone at steampunk conventions is going to go around and have a good idea of pronouns. Three years from now, people are going to say, that's Bunny, the amazing artist. Bunny is so amazing, and not say, that's Bunny, the amazing artist who is a trans person, and let me tell you all about their trans journey, because that's what matters, because that's not what matters. That is on all of you, and all of you can make that happen. Um, we'll take some more questions. In the back. Yep. Run to that microphone. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, this is kind of a two-part thing. Uh, first of all, I identify as gender food, and up to today, I have never met anyone else like that in person, so hi, friends. Welcome, <laughs> 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 there's lots of us hiding here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, and the other part is, um, 
I know people who don't feel like they fit the binary have felt like that their entire lives. I know you kind of already addressed this, but was it like a single precipitating event that made you want to change your outside view on the inside? <laughs> My answer to that would be no, there was not a single event. There were a lot of little things and then random aha moments. Um, for mine, actually, this has a, a sort of slight connection with Jeff. Um, maybe some of you have heard of the band Black Tape for a Blue Girl. Um, the, the founder of that band, Sam Rosenthal, wrote a book called Rye. Um, it's a genderqueer erotica novel. It's actually pretty good. Um, but anyway, well, it, I meant on a, because I don't really read erotica. <laughs> um, <laughs> It, sorry. So anyway, so Sam at one point uh, had messaged me through um, that other website that starts with an F. I'm, I'm not sure if all of the audience here is over 18 or not. Um, but anyway, so Sam had mentioned me and reading, I went to a reading of Rye, a genderqueer erotica novel, and that was sort of the first, whoa, what is this genderqueer thing? It's kind of cool. Maybe it's a word that fits me. Um, and then a couple of months ago, I was... I sort of had a thought that like most of the stuff I see online about being genderqueer is sort of all about all the tough stuff of it, um, whether it's like the dysphoria or stuff with pronouns or holy crap, I'm this gender one second and then now gender fluidness is kicking in and I'm this gender and now I'm not really either. Um, but as I was writing the note, I sort of realized, wait, this is all about how I identify as being a girl and how that's really awesome. Crap, I might be trans. <laughs> <laughs> so that's maybe, maybe other people have stuff to add. Um, kind of wrote down some notes because I'm kind of scatterbrained. But uh, <laughs> in uh, in high school, I dated someone who was trans, and that was my first time ever meeting someone who was trans. And I decided to date them. Um, <laughs> and it was my first experience into that whole world. And I I didn't. Two years went by after that, and I, didn't, I never met another trans person. And then I got into the relationship that I was talking about, and I felt like I was put in that person's box, in, in my boyfriend's box. He would call me all these gendered slurs and stuff, and I didn't feel safe in my own body with him. So I kind of, my mind was kind of like at this state where I was just ready to take in new information, like ready to change. Like I could not be that person I was with him. So when I came to this event, and I was on that other site, I <laughs> I decided to make my profile, and I'm like, okay, what, what do I say about me? I'm like, well, there's all these gender options. I kind of don't fit into any of them. So I wrote that on my profile. I'm like, I don't really fit into any of the boxes. I don't really fit in with any of the, the uh, pronouns or labels or what have you. Blah, blah, blah. And I like laid it out. And then I was checking on the internet earlier. I was talking to some other people. And I, I realized like other people are having this experience. And it has this label. And it's genderqueer and agender and all these things. And I, and I started looking into the community. I'm like, Yes, this is actually a thing. I'm not just crazy. Awesome. <laughs> and, and Facebook finally have a, has those options yes. now too. Yes. Yeah. You can write in gender, you can write in age, you can write in Detroit. Like so many options. So happy about that. My moment of epiphany, I guess, you know, it, it gradually comes like, oh, I kind of like women's clothing, I kind of want boobs. Then it kind of grows from that. The moment where I said, I gotta live. Live as myself, it's gonna sound stupid, but Watchmen had just come out yeah. and it was in a movie theater. I was like, this movie's pretty cool. I'm really inspired. It was just kind of this inspirational high, and I was like, I just have to be me. I don't know why. I wrote a blog post about it, and everyone's like, congrats. And I was like, that's it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then two years later, when Steam Power Draft kind of started taking off, I kind of reminded people, hey, I'm trans in this blog post, and then. Everyone's like, oh my god, you're trans, yeah, I've been talking about this for like two years. <laughs> so, from there, it's been nothing but finding like-minded individuals and uh, very young fans going through similar things as myself and lovely people, and it's been a really great learning experience. That's how I learned about genderqueer and all these you know, the pronouns and such, and it's been great. I mean, and coming to events like this where... There's a panel about it. It's just, I couldn't imagine. This is me blushing into the microphone. <laughs> Jeff, was there a moment where you felt you had to match your outside appearance to your inner appearance? <laughs> <Yeah>. um. <laughs> 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 
they were trans people just because they were people like, man, you, you, you drink and party and cheat on your your boyfriend. It's like I have nothing in common with you. <laughs> you might be trans, but but we are not the same person. So for me, I don't know. I I don't I don't feel connected with anyone. Uh, so I, I don't know. I take what I can get. If, if someone smiles and will allow me to be in their little little group of genderqueer or, or, or lesbians or whatever, I'll, I'll take what I can get. You, you might find yourself among trans people feeling better identifying as an ally rather than trying to to be what they expect a trans person to be. Does that make sense? That's not to say that you can't be, you know, you can't be genderqueer. That's absolutely fine. But there are a lot of trans people who are who are very much invested in the fact that they're trying to pass or they're trying to be gendered correctly all the time when anyone talks to them. So and, and you don't have that experience and that's fine. You don't have to feel like bad about not having that experience, you know? Yeah, I think that's the problem, is that like I feel like I have it so easy, and that it's... We all have it easy in different ways, you know? <laughs> I guess I, I want to add two things, which I can relate a little bit to what Jeff was saying earlier about not necessarily feeling like I fit in anywhere in any large group, and I think that's just something that's inherent to my personality. Um, and I'm losing my train of thought on the second thing that I wanted to say, which is really unhelpful. Oh, the second thing I was going to, I think I was going to, no, the part of that is that the way I sort of dealt with questions like that is, um, oh, I, I would put it this way, like, being trans doesn't actually say anything about you as a person, except describing your relationship to the body you have. Um, and so I've sort of just, you know, a little bit from this community, a little bit from that, a little bit from that. I, I just find people who are wonderful and eventually from one-on-one -on -one connection, you, you sort of build your own community. Um, and I don't know, maybe, maybe that's an answer, maybe it's not. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> I, I feel like, like what Jeff said with Steampunk, how we're making it what we want it to be, it's, it's kind of not really similar, but same with, uh, transgender, because there's no set, even though when people say transgender, like, it's usually male to female or female to male, like, when you say you're trans, you're, people expect you to go from one gender to the other, and to identify with the other gender completely, like, there's no in-between, and I'm an, I'm an obvious example of that that's wrong, because um, being in the middle or being a gender, being gender fluid or gender queer is a legitimate identity. And I get a lot of problems with people because I cross dress, because I dress in very gendered situations. People are like, oh, well, you're dressed like this today. I'm going to call you this. Or I met you when you were identifying as that. And it, it's just that they don't understand. If, if anyone tells you, if you feel trans, anyone tells you they're not, that you're not, it's because they don't understand you. If it makes you feel better, like 90% of the emails that I receive are from gender fluid people, not trans people. So the Steam Power Draft fandom is actually a great place. <laughs> <laughs> says if you want to push to uh, to three o'clock if everyone else is happy with it we're good with it so, uh, we, we have to run it by the, uh, the owner of the show the uh, stage manager would like to know if you're okay if she authorizes this event to run a few minutes over uh, yes he's just going to vanish under the table for a few minutes and send a couple of texts to make sure nothing's exploding I'll be right back <laughs> right, so uh, you've got, got 20 minutes there Luna may I have the next question Sure, Doc Andy, um, and then how in the world amongst our fans and 
do we use the fact that we're in a musical act called Two Bastards? <laughs> Given your recent coming out of new things, do we use that as an opportunity to stretch cultural boundaries and make words mean newer, more inclusive things? The word bastard was never really gendered, was it? It just means someone born out of wedlock. So it was actually, it's actually like a weird cultural baggage that it ever became gendered. So let's just ungender it, maybe. There you go. <laughs> I, I like her answer. Um, Doc, I don't think I can answer your question in a panel, but that, that's our mission statement from now on. <laughs> <laughs> it would be funny to be really offensive and to ungender bastard. <laughs> Um, you with the goggles. Yes. No, that narrows it down. The lighting's kind of, you know, it's a bit dark. It's okay. I also want to like thank everybody who came out. I've been fighting for allies for years, so I know how hard it is. Personally, I don't even put myself under anything. I don't do. I just go like, I love who I want. Deal with it. I get who I want. Deal with it. So my actual question to you is, how do you think we should break the gender whatever roles in media and entertainment? Because that, I know, is a big thing. And actually, in college, we're trying to fight for that. So hard question, I guess. There's a lot of silencing going on in the media of trans people and other um, I, uh, denying that they're trans or just calling them gay or something. So first of all, we need to get ourselves out there as being legitimate and get the idea out there that there, there are these legitimate identities and removing the, oh, they're just this attitude that people have. Um, I, don't, I don't necessarily know how that's gonna happen because it's very ingrained. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like on a, if you're talking about mainstream media, like what can any of us individually do? You know, that, that's a huge shift that most of us don't have much power over, but thank the gods for people like Laverne Cox um, and all the other wonderful folks who are like, they're just now starting to get attention. Um, but on, on a more kind of indie note, you know, on, on a we aim to misbehave uh, kind of rebellious kind of note, you know, all of us who are creators and that, that counts everyone who dresses in costume or who doodles every so often, you know, we, we can create media uh, that encompasses any of this or exposes it or, or just kind of mentions that it's there, you know, gives it a seat in the room. Um, yeah, I guess that's what I'd say. If you ever see crowdfunding projects for, you know, web series that involve gender fluid or trans characters, please, by all means, fund it, because Hollywood is going to be really, really slow to, to get that right. Yeah, yeah, just take a look and how, how many, like, it's just, it's a still a new thing to see gay characters in cartoons, like, Paranorman and maybe the the trailers to the box trolls, you know, it's like those are some that's a progressive company right there, but man, it's taking a long time. <laughs> so as someone who was very frightened to like what was this effect, you know, on, on our band, you know, it's like, oh it's a, it's already weird, it's a weird robot act. <laughs> but now we're throwing transgender in it. Is that going to alienate us? Are we never going to become mainstream because of that? I don't know, but 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 I got contacted by by uh, a representative from Disney who saw one of our shows never brought up that I was in drag. Which is like, you guys are awesome, I wish we could do something with you. And that just meant the world to me. Like, because I have a lot of doubt. Like, we're, we're <laughs> sort of the positive side of, of the slippery slope argument that conservatives have used. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that stuff drives me crazy. I, I also want to add, I can't forget who this quote, or I can't remember who this quote is originally from, but um, being trans, and I'm going to extend that with the asterisk, being trans asterisk, you know, genderqueer, any, any of this stuff um, in a world that basically tells you that you can't and that basically hates your existence is in itself a revolutionary act. So... If you're if you're here being that um, you're awesome, we love you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs>
Yes, Jeff is still under the table. <laughs> <laughs> um, more questions? Okay. Uh, with the uh, black glove, yes. Um, so I'm kind of new to the whole like uh, trans allyship community. So forgive me if this question is dumb or stupid or ignorant. Um, I was just wondering, um, for Bunny and Luna and Onyx as well, um, does your I, I guess I kind of have the have the tendency to assume that trans people um, don't really like aren't really kind of attached to the gender constructs that they just um, kind of change their idea of their gender because this one gender fits who they see themselves as better than the gender that they've been assigned to. But on the other hand, I don't really have any right to assume that um, Onyx, you aren't attached to being to that identity of any gender, or that Lunar Bunny, you're not attached to that um, idea of being a female. So I don't know. Is, is the gender construct, do you think, like useful or helpful to you, or would you just rather uh, abolish gender and see all ideas of gender just go away and we just see ourselves as people? I would answer it like this. Um, if the only tool you ever bring is a hammer, everything starts to look like a nail. Um, which is a, a quote from Bernard Maslow. Um, I would say, like, I, I do um, identify as, like, with a very femme concept, and it's a useful tool to a point, but then it's not in other ways. So I, I have a very sort of utilitarian approach to stuff. If it's useful for this situation and it's relevant, I use it. Otherwise, I adapt another model. That's so, kind of how I deal. So it's basically just the gender construct is useful for like what you're trying to do now but you're not like attached to it in any kind of like way beyond usefulness I guess um I don't feel like anyone regardless of cis or transgender feels like they should be shoved into a box like if you're talking to someone and you say oh this and this this and this because you're a female I don't think they're going to take that as a compliment in any case I, I don't I've never met someone who identifies. That's weird. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, if you say gender things about someone, oh, this because you're a male. Oh, you do that. Or you must do this. I don't think anyone takes that as a compliment. Or you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like nobody, nobody really I, wants to identify with their gender um, because 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 of stereotypes. Uh, yeah. I feel like gender itself is this concept that we've shoved ourselves into over such a long period of time that we feel like it defines us. I'm gendered because I don't feel like I fit in any of those boxes, and I don't want to. Um, I, a lot of my mannerisms and the stuff I grew up with and the way I feel and the way I think transcends those boundaries, but I think, honestly, that it does with everyone. We just tend to shove ourselves into these boxes, more or less, whether you're cis or trans. It's, it's more like you're choosing which identity you identify more with, but you are your own person, no matter what. Uh, you, you guys all get boxes. I get kind of a penthouse suite. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, I, I'm, a, I'm a man. I'm a cisgendered man. And I'm, not saying, I'm not saying there is no struggle, and I'm not saying I speak for all cisgendered men at all by any means. I'm just saying that for me personally, um, totally, go on calling me a man. Go on, please. Give me respect. I have not necessarily earned. I will gladly take it. Um, treat me nice at places of business. Um, Expect that I will be strong and know how to fix things. And uh, even though I do not actually know how to fix things, when I don't know how to fix things, blame the thing I can't fix and not me. I am um, not making some complicated statement about the universal state of gender privilege, because uh, I'm not qualified to do that. But I'm going to say that many people get shoved into boxes because they don't feel comfortable or they don't feel, or they aren't in places where they should be. Um, I'm just a person who is lucky enough to be in, dude, I got handed a box that everybody likes. My box is in just the prettiest color and drives the fastest, and I feel pretty lucky about that. I don't know. Um, I try to acknowledge it. So are you partly asking 
if there is if if genders don't exist, why would someone go to the trouble of being transgender? <laughs> uh, no, that's not right, That doesn't sound like what I'm asking. Okay. I guess I'm just asking: Is gender in any way a good thing? I, I guess that's the essence. I of my think question. I think gender is totally a valid thing. I think it's really fun to dress up <coughs> like a girl. It's really fun to dress up like a boy. Even those notions that are totally, you know, full of baggage. It's fun, it's fun to play with, and it's fun to have the, the spectrum there. And it's also good not to make assumptions based on how someone looks, how they're gonna act, or whatever. It's also valid to say that, that it is not, like people don't have to be one or the other. The only, the only reason I ever liked gender is when I But on, on that note, you need a place to start from in order to go somewhere, right? You can't fuck with something unless there's an established concept. Um, I think gender is useful, but I also, I, at least to some extent, I think in our society it's really rigid, and it would be nice to see that expand a little yeah. bit. There's a gradient. I gotta reword this so it doesn't sound like I just keep saying the same word over and over again. There's a gradient to progress. Uh, unfortunately, I think, and sometimes it comes in spurts and large explosions and science and stuff. Uh, society, it's just it's painfully slow, and there's there's archaic concepts that we're trying to battle against and butting our head against. And there's maybe there's this utopian idea of, of you know where the genders aren't so defined, and there's like a gray area, a comfortable gray area. You know, maybe it starts with knocking out. Those bad stereotypes, you know, like that a man can be sensitive. And I mean, that's my brother. He's not trans, but he he admits like he doesn't feel like he's a man. He feels like you know he has a lot of feminine qualities. Uh, you know, he's very sensitive and caring. Uh, but you know, why is that bad for uh, a man to to have those traits, or a woman to be to be butch? You know, uh, as a species. We're in a unique situation because we can comprehend our own existence. And when we start doing that, we come up with religion, technology, and and that we can we can question our own existence means that we can we can start shaping who we are. We have you know the brain to to question it all, unlike some animals. So I mean, we can take simple concepts like yes, our bodies are are limited to what you know evolution has uh, has created or whatever you want to call it. Um, so. so our, our bodies just need to catch up to our brains, you know. It's just we have all these ideas and that we wish that we could transform and reflect, you know. But unfortunately, we're we're bounded by the laws of reality, and that we can't magically become super beings. If that makes any sense. I I hope somebody recorded that because I really want to hear it again. <laughs> but it was really high. Dude, it's like this. <laughs> Before I go, I just want to say I love you, Bunny Ben, and I think Team Power Draft is really great. I think we have time for one or two more questions. Standing up in the back. Hello, I'm Adam Gender Fluid. My question to you guys is um, I'll probably go into that. I just want to follow up to the media question to my channel. Um, Maybe question, I think representation is a good idea, and what Um Woman said is if you see web series, like the internet is a great platform for representation, because the internet is whatever we make it, I think it's very important to have web series with trans characters, with strong female characters, and female characters of color, I think these are all important issues that need more representation, so I just wanted that follow-up comment. My question to you guys is, how do you feel about... um, Gender aesthetics, like um, style of clothing, um, being gendered and using that to express your gender. Do you feel like the clothes you wear are important to your identity expression? Because I know a lot of people feel the need, one of the reasons I think that a lot of people feel the need to put themselves in boxes is because that's how society makes them feel. That And then they become more comfortable with boxes than some people aren't. So I guess my question is, is how do you feel about uh, what society deems to be specific genders uh, aesthetically using that as a tool of gender expression? Do you feel like that is a uh, productive thing for gender expression, or do you think that people shouldn't assume gender based on aesthetics, if that makes sense? 
Yeah, I'm Norman Sorter, just kind of both, and I would agree. I've always looked at clothing and fashion as being self-expression. Um, maybe that just comes from being a weird performer. Uh, <laughs> but on the other hand, I don't, I don't think people should make assumptions beyond, wow, that's really a beautiful form of self-expression past that. My husband dresses me. I, I pretty much wear whatever he tells me to wear. Dude, I, I have no idea. What am I wearing right now? I'm wearing like a Wicked shirt, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm wearing a Wicked Fair shirt. I own like six pairs of pants, they're all black. <laughs> um, personally, I don't intend to cross-dress. It kind of just happens. Um, I don't... I sound like fucking with gender, but I really... That's other people's interpretation of it that I'm that I'm trying to screw with with my with other uh, people's perception of my gender based on how I'm dressing because I dress very feminine sometimes and I wear those huge dresses and I was in a huge skirt yesterday but um, I'm not trying to make a statement out of it I just oh okay look pretty and the day before that I was in like crazy demon clothes with the best and I don't I don't really think anything of it it's just the way I'm dressing. Um, you feel you just more to your personality. Yeah, yeah. And of course, when I'm dressing as a character, I dress how they look. If a character has boots, oh, I just put my boots on. <laughs> <laughs> if only we could all do that instantaneously. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be this today, it's going to be this tomorrow. Um, I've been given a five minute warning, so I think we have time for probably like one, maybe two more questions. Um, you in the front, also with the goggles. <laughs> Can I throw a thought out to the audience that's not to be answered now? Uh, we, Jeff McEvans, do um, another event at the hotel next door where we actually make the bathrooms gender neutral. Not to be discussed now, but think about it. Would you be interested? Noting that there are limited bathrooms, and therefore it is not completely easy to have a situation where we have some gender neutral and some non-gender neutral, would people be interested in seeing gender neutral bathrooms at next year's Steampunk World's Fair? Yeah. Actually, um, I guess if I was explaining gender fluidity, I would just say that some days my brain identifies as a girl, some days it identifies as a boy, or there might be in between. And I don't know if they have questions, I just kind of answer. Um, if people are asking me ridiculous questions that are, you know, sort of toxic or, or stereotyping or something like that, I usually just sort of try to turn the question back on them um, in a way that, like, points out that it's just kind of a ridiculous thing to ask. Um, I don't know if that really if that addresses what you were asking. Um. I know my thoughts again. Um, my situation at home is kind of unique. Uh, I have my mother and my grandmother, and then we have five adopted little siblings who are all under the age of 13 and have mental disabilities and stuff like that. Um, so at my at home, I actually haven't really brought up the topic besides that I'm always taking home these transgendered friends and oh, I like to be called Sanji and oh, you should probably use them around these other guys because they don't necessarily think of me as things. But um, if I didn't have all the other little kids around, I would probably be completely out to my mother because I, I tell her everything else. I've told her everything else that ever some people know about my life. I'm not going to discuss that here. Um, <laughs> But the fact that there are so many kids, I, I just want to be considerate to her. Um, I know she's not going to constantly remember to call me 
by my preferred name or my preferred pronouns. And honestly, with my really loved and cherished ones, I don't want to put that extra pressure on them because I, I do love them and I do feel for them. And she has so much to worry about already. It's not that I would feel uncomfortable coming out around her because I think she already kind of knows. I'm, I'm like putting on all these weird things about the character. Well, she does. She probably doesn't have anybody else. Um, I, I think, well, I, I, the outside viewpoint is that we're all like fem Nazis about it and we, we try to control other people's minds and like we're pushing our agenda. And I feel like sometimes in the community we don't realize when we're getting caught up in the ideal and you have to you have to be considerate of others who can't necessarily always keep your things in mind and all, can't necessarily like my close friends all know what to call me um, and they're considerate of it but that's because they're always around me and they're always exposed to it people I'm just meeting at a con I, I barely ever uh, correct them because I don't want to make their day complicated and I, I know you want to like you want to get it out there that it's out there and you want to teach people but sometimes some people don't need that extra stress in their day. I feel like you need to be considerate at the same time as being... You, you want to cradle... You want to you ease people into it. You don't want to shove it in their face. I know when I was first introduced to the concept of feminism at the age of blah, 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 like 14 or some shit, I thought it was stupid. I'm like, oh, women want to be more powerful than everyone else? Oh, there's this crazy movement of... Them Nazis like coming to take control of the world, taking off their bras. I don't know what this shit is. <laughs> Some people come into, they see us, and if if you if you're not considerate to their needs and you're not catering to them, they're gonna be afraid of you. And you don't want to push that stereotype of oh those those crazy trans people, oh those crazy gays. You, you want to be considerate of everyone's feelings that you're talking to, as well as the message you're trying to get across, because it's not doing justice to the message if you're not going to deliver it in a way that's helpful to them. Um, I'm wondering if any of my panel, fellow panelists know of a book or a website that is a really good introduction to to you know transgender issues and gender fluidity for family members. Because um, that might be a good thing. My boyfriend has a link he uses. I don't remember what it is. If you message me on Facebook, I will send it to you. Um, got a really great link. I have no idea what it is. <laughs> Um, I would also add in that PFLAG, uh, which I believe stands for Parents and Families of Lesbians and Gays, they have a great like trans primer um, that I actually just used when I came out to my mother about a week or so ago. Um, so that might be a great resource. I think if nobody else has anything to add on that, we're up for time, unfortunately. Um, so I want to thank everybody uh, for coming. I want to thank all the panelists for being amazing. <laughs>